Hello world. Welcome back to FG Central. Furious here once again to talk to you guys about my most anticipated game of 2018, which is about two weeks away at this point, if not exactly two weeks away. So caliber six. But first, let's go over some other things. Um, it's getting to that time where we're coming up on the end of season three. Well, we're at the end of season three of Street Fighter Five. <clears throat> We're at that point now where everybody's going to be making their Street Fighter 4, Season 4, like, predictions and talking about it. I'm probably going to save that until after Capcom Cup because we're going to most likely get, like, a reveal trailer for Season 4 or something at Capcom Cup. So I'm going to wait and see, and then we'll analyze that, and then I'll talk about Season 4 after Capcom Cup because we already have enough to cover as it is, and I... I always look forward to new seasons of any game, um, and with Street Fighter, since it's like a consistent kind of schedule because it's annual, um, definitely gives us something to look forward to. You guys know my feelings on that game. It's not a, a game I have too much interest in nowadays. G and Sagat definitely got my interest again, and I played them, and I have them and whatnot, but that lasted all of like a week or two. But man, Street Fighter Five. We'll talk about it another time. But that game is in serious need of something to spark my interest at least again. But we are going to talk about my feelings on Soul Calibur Six now that I've played the beta and just my hopes for the game. Um, let's go ahead and get started. So I played the beta this past weekend. Played the hell out of it. Now I'm gonna. This is something I intended not to do. I intended to keep these two things separate, but um, there's really no other way um, to not keep them separate at this point. Um, basically, I do have a YouTube channel. It's called In My World, and if you guys want to see my matches or some of my matches from the beta, um, you know, I played the hell out of it. Um, you know, go ahead and go, and the name of the videos are Soul Calibur 6 Beta. Day 1 matches, Soul Calibur 6 Beta Day 2 matches, and Soul Calibur 6 Beta Finale. If you um just look for the ones that are uploaded by In My World, just in case somebody has videos with similar titles. And um, it's three of them. Those are some of my matches from the beta. Played the hell out of it. Absolutely love it. I did intend to keep this and the YouTube channel separate, but for those of you who want to see some of my matches, go ahead and go over there. Okay? Now. Let's go ahead and talk about the network since and online since that's what the beta was about. Then I'll talk about what I hope ha the game has and things of that nature. So the it's one it's a delay based netcode game, not my favorite. Um, just to let you guys know, for those of you who don't know, I'm a huge advocate of GGPO and or rollback netcode in general. Fightcade is what really really made me fall in love with GGPO. And the way it operates and everything of that nature, I absolutely love GGPO um, and that type of netcode. And well, this uh, delay based, I don't know, like basically I feel like in my opinion, of course, they make it more difficult on themselves when they're doing delay-based netcode because what they usually do to compensate for the fact that it's delay-based netcode is they'll even offline, just in the game in general, they'll have to put an inherent purposeful lag. And even in your offline game, 
um, you'll have this lag. What that does is it imitates the online experience offline so that when you go online, it's not like you practice offline with no lag. So you're practicing the moves and the combos and the setups. Then you go online and the timing is different. They want you to have that same experience both on and offline. So they have to put an inherent delay. And I'm still getting used to that type of stuff. Like, I'm not used to the inherent delay that they purposefully put in games like Tekken 7 and Soul Calibur 6 in this case in order to make them play online the same. Like, I, I'm i just not a big fan of delay-based netcode. Now, in of itself, I must say, I played all three days. <clears throat> I played quite a few matches per day. And most, I mean, most of my games felt good. Um, you know, some of them did have some lag, some stuttery, some jittering issues. Um, no clipping or inherent texture issues. The game is gorgeous. And that that was well represented and well displayed. Um, but just some slowdown, some lag, um, maybe some jittery or stuttery um, issues every now and then. But trust me, most of my matches ran great. And mind you. What I did, because I wanted to get as many matches as possible, um, let me just go ahead and say this. Soul Calibur 6 is a very popular game that a lot of people are looking forward to. However, that's still relative to Soul Calibur in of itself. Um, compared to, let's say, the Dragon Ball beta. When it was out, everybody in their mama was playing that beta. Soul Calibur 6, while it's popular, it's still relative to... I don't know how to explain it, but basically by by Soul Calibur standards, it's pretty popular. Which means there's not going to be as many people on this beta as there were on the Dragon Ball Fighters beta, for example. But still, there were a lot of people. But just in case, because I did see some people were having trouble getting matches, I'm going to be honest. I once or maybe twice out of the whole weekend did I have trouble getting matches. I was getting matches left and right because I would go to I went to all regions instead of same and I put the connection on any. Let me tell you guys something for those of you who don't know. When it when these betas are up, I've noticed this, okay? From the Street Fighter 5 beta to the Fighting EX Layer beta to Dragon Ball Fighters beta to this one, those bars do not yet read correctly. Or they are not an accurate representation of a match. You won't know until you get in. All these betas have that same issue. Just if you want to open up your match possibilities, set your parameters in these betas to all regions and any connection. Because do I got, you know, two and one bar connections that ran great and four bar connections will run like shit. Like it's not an accurate representation. Like it's like they haven't fully gotten that down packed yet. So I opened my parameters all the way up and I was getting matches back to back like that. Um, you know, like I said, every now and then it would take a little longer. And then there were a couple times where something didn't seem to really pop up. You got to go back out, come back in. But I was getting matches like that. And most of them ran smooth as fuck. Like, most of them were so fucking smooth. It just, you know. Um, and the the netcode in, in these games doesn't protect from a bad connection. I always tell people the same thing. Please, make for fighting games especially, be hardwired in. Make sure your console's hardwired in. Because when you're on Wi-Fi, you are, by default, you're losing speed. 
when you're on Wi-Fi. So make sure that you're hardwired in. I mean, you want to make sure that there's nothing interrupting that connection. It, it flows better. Um, and then if you have a just bad internet speeds, period, good net code doesn't even protect from that. So, you you know, some games, um, you know, maybe against people who are on Wi-Fi or something or who have, you know, lower, uh, you know, internet speeds, you know, net code doesn't protect from that no matter how good it is. But so far, especially for a delay-based net code, <laughs> this ran pretty good. I I I can't complain about the actual net play. Um, like all games, though, it needs some tweaking. That's the whole point of the network test or the beta. And I'm I'm sure Namco are you know they're gonna tweak it. I mean, they made a lot of cha changes to Tekken Seven, even. So I know they're gonna tweak this in up until launch, and then they're gonna probably continue to tweak it. You know, even post launch. So looking forward to that as well. But the beta ran great, felt great to me, had great matches, um, and definitely go check those out. Okay, let's talk about what I hope the game has when it comes out at launch. Now, first of all, I am going to be making a few comparisons to Tekken, just because that is Namco's other flagship fighter. Um, but not a lot, just a few. But let's talk about Tekken 7. I'm still a little disappointed. Tekken 7 is one of my favorite games to actually play. The gameplay feels great. Tekken feels so good to play. But unless you're the type of person who likes to go and play online all day, there's nothing to do in that game. The game severely lacks in modes. Um, you know, it doesn't, especially modes of the past that Tekken has always done right, like the Tekken Force and or Tekken Force inspired modes. Um, those are kind of fun. They're not the best. They're usually a glitchy kind of, you know, clunky mess at times, but they're kind of fun. Time Attack and Survival, um, hit or miss. I mean, if they were there, it wouldn't hurt. If they weren't there, it doesn't hurt. But I'm talking about more inspired modes. The fact that Tekken Bowling doesn't have online. Tekken Ball would be a, a great mode to have. Creative modes. I've talked about this in the past. Creative modes um, in these fighting games. Um, you know... Be creative, but there's nothing to do in that game with the gameplay. The arcade mode is really short, and you don't really get anything for it. The story mode has no real replay value, and Treasure Battle becomes useless after 2,000 matches because you get you unlock everything. So Treasure Battle becomes useless once you've played 2,000 matches, and that's across any mode as long as it's, you know, 2,000 across any mode. So, yeah, I mean, unless you're going to go play online all day, there's nothing to do. I hope Soul Calibur doesn't suffer from that. Now, we already know what we have, and I think they put out a modes trailer on purpose just so people know we have a nice, decent arcade ladder. We have great, a nice assortment of online modes. Although, I think those are your pretty standard fare, um, ranked, casual lobby. I don't think there's a, like a tournament mode or anything like that online like there is in tech, and that would be fun in Soul Calibur, by the way. A little mini tournament mode kind of like they have in Tekken where you can host online just little tournaments um and they even have a double elimination option in Tekken which I think is great because I don't know if I've seen that before 
Uh, I don't think that's there in SoCal, but hopefully, I don't know, we can get it or, you know, they're thinking about it. But nonetheless, your standard fair online modes are there. Um, there is a story mode with the creator soul, I think, attached to it um, with your created character. But also, I think there's an individual story mode. If not, then that means that at the end of the arcade mode, you will get all the endings for your character. Okay, customization is back. Looks great in full form. We have a nice roster, over 20 right now. Some beautiful stages. This is such a gorgeous game, and it sounds really good. Now, I do feel like if we if we take a visit back to the past, Soul Calibur was always jam-packed in the past with a nice array of offline content. And that's what I want. Is the game going to have a strong online community? With, with the reception that the game has been getting, that's almost a given at this point. So I think that offline content should be a, a big focus because... You know, I know esports guarantees the longevity of your game, but what companies are kind of forgetting is that <clears throat> these games need to be fun as well. And I think that sometimes they make these games based around competitive and not around fun, and then it falls short because I can definitely say Soul Calibur games of the past, with I'm talking about three and up haven't exactly had the best longevity or the best competitive scene with esports. This one has a lot of potential because, you know, movement feels good again. It doesn't feel all clunky and slow. Um, you know, they, they've kind of gone back to basics. Um, I'm talking about, like, more so back to their roots with how the game plays and feels and the speed and the everything, the characters even. I mean, so Calibre 5's roster, I mean, come on. So... You know, I mean, I hope that they take into account that this game needs to be fun, okay? Give us some creative modes like Extra Versus, Extra Arcade, where you get to cycle through different versions of weapons like in Soul Calibur 2. You know, Weapon Master mode doesn't really need to make a return, being that there's a full-fledged story mode. Hopefully there's some replay value there. But those extra modes used to be fun where you could pick the different weapons. And also, it gave you more things to unlock through playing arcade, through playing the story mode. Or, you know, back in those days, like the Weapon Master mode. Um, you would unlock these extra weapons to use in, like, extra. And they had different properties. I mean, that type of creative shit is amazing. It, it's what keeps me playing and... You know, I like to have a nice array of online and offline content in my games. So when you give me that type of creative offline content, it really, really speaks to me as a big fan of Soul Calibur. It's my third favorite fighting game franchise. So um heavily looking forward to seeing what creative route they take that maybe they haven't revealed to us yet. Now, moving on to customization. Um, I was, like, thinking about the fact that we're going to have DLC for this game. And the DLC is not just going to consist of characters. It's going to consist of these customization packs. And at first, I was slightly against this. I was like, you know what? I don't know. Because customization is not that strong of a deal to me. Um, like it is, um, 
in other... Well, I don't even want to say like it is in other games because very few have it. How, as far as the actual customization, as long as it's better than Tekken 7, we're good. Because Tekken 7's customization is ass. Listen, I've tried to be friends with that customization system, okay? I tried to be homies with them. Took them to the movies. We, we hung out. Went out to get some grub. You know, we, we went go-kart racing together. Went to the fair. Went to Islands of Adventure. Everywhere. I've tried to be friends with the Tekken 7 customization system. It just ain't worth it. It's just not. I, he just don't want to be my homie. The Tekken 7 customization system is ass. It's just not working, man. Like, I can't be friends with it. As long as this is even 10%, 20% better than Tekken 7's customization, we should be good. Okay? Um, customization is not the biggest deal to me, but I am looking forward to it. Um, I'm definitely going to remove Taki's mask in most cases because a lot of the ones that I've seen just don't, don't look good. Um, if there's one that looks really fucking cool, then hell yeah. But I'm most likely, I do like her without it. I'm going to probably remove Taki's mask in every chance I get <laughs> for customization. Um, but anyway, back to the packs. In other games, you buy costumes for DLC. And that's what kind of got me. I was like, well, damn, if it wasn't customization packs, they would be selling us costumes. And if I saw a cool one that I liked, I would buy it. I wouldn't just buy anyone. But if I saw a cool one that I liked, especially for Taki... I would buy it. So since this game doesn't have costumes, it has customization, that's the replacement. That's how we're going to be supporting them financially, um, basically by purchasing these customization packs as opposed to costumes. Here's the thing, though. Namco, they make some damn good games. But there's certain areas where they kind of suck at. And awarding items... <clears throat> well, how can I put it? Like, this type of stuff is stuff they suck at. Coming up with cool customization type stuff is just things that they're not very good at. You know, um, I'm worried about these customization packs because I don't know if I'm going to buy a season pass yet, most likely, because I am going to want the DLC characters. I mean, Terra is already one, but that's a whole nother story. We already know what that's like, announcing DLC before the game is out. And she was in the beta. So clearly she's done. She was in the beta. Fully playable. Did they not put thought into that? Did they not think we would catch on? Hello, we see her. We can see her. She's She was in the beta. Fully playable. So why the hell is this character DLC? But that's neither here nor there. So we know Tira is part of that. But... In, in these DLC season passes, you get customization packs. But you already know that they're not going to tell us what's inside them. That's where I'm, that's the issue. I'm actually going to... I don't think I've done this before in the past. But I'm going to wait for somebody else to get it. And see it when they open it and when they show it off on their channel or their stream. And I'm going to wait to see what's in them. Because I don't want to spend money on these customization packs. And then they turn out to be ass. You know, that's what I'm worried about. Namco, they, they make great games, but they're not the best at coming up with cool shit when it comes to stuff like customization. So I'm probably going to hold off. Like I said, if I get the season pass, then okay. I mean, I got it anyway. But if I decide to buy shit individually, um, I'm going to hold off on those customization packs before I purchase them to see what's inside of them. Because I don't want to spend money on those and then they turn out to be ass. So, there's that. 
But yeah, as long as the customization is um you know cool and better than Tekken Seven, um we should be good. I'm looking forward to. I'm not. Another thing is, there's a thousand people out there who are really good with the jokey, jokey stuff. And I do it every now and then, like the wacky customization. It's not really my style. I do enjoy when people do it, though. Um, um, I definitely do enjoy making other characters, like turning a character into another character. I do love doing that. But like the wacky stuff, like making the wackiest thing I can think of, um, that's not really my style. I do love when other people do it. So I'm more of the like, I like my shit to look cool. I'm more of a serious type of person. I like to make my my uh, customization looks like characters that I would actually create. Um, I do write novels as a hobby and write books and stuff as a hobby. And I like to make, um, when I do customization, um, I like to make stuff look the way I would want it to look like if it was a character of mine. So, you know, I'm more serious with that than other people. But nonetheless, I'm going to have so much fun with it when it does finally get here. I hope they don't put only ass stuff in the game and then make us buy all the cool stuff is DLC for customization. That's going to suck too. And I'm not going to receive that well. And, um, you know, so I hope they don't do that. Don't give us all ass at um, stuff at launch and then, you know, give us all the cool shit with DLC, you know? So there's that. Um, those are my thoughts on like the customization the possibility for creative modes. I hope there are some that they haven't revealed. Uh, you know, like extra and other weapons you can unlock. And, and other reasons to continuously play through single player content. And maybe just a creative mode period offline. Um, and uh, some more online stuff like a tournament mode. Not the most necessary thing in the world though. The st Your standard fair ones are there. But it wouldn't hurt to put it. Um... And yeah, I mean, offline looks great. Just give us a reason to want to play offline. So there you go. That's how. Now let's talk about some of the newer mechanics and how I feel about them. Well, now that I finally played the beta, <clears throat> I finally got to utilize something I've been wanting to check out. Let's talk about Reversal Edge. Look, I... I... I have no words for this mechanic. I don't like it, okay? I'm not a big fan of Reversal Edge. Now, <clears throat> the overall mechanic in of itself could work, but we'll get to that later, how I feel Reversal Edge can work. But for now, let me start by explaining what it is. Reversal Ledge is a mechanic that lets you absorb hits. It has armor. And basically what it does is it puts you in a rock, paper, scissors scenario. Okay? So you and your opponent, the initiator and your, and your opponent, has to <clears throat> choose. And you have a multitude of options. It's not even just rock, paper, scissors. At first, I thought it was. I thought it was just you either chose between A, B, or K. Because I do know that B beats A, K beats B, and A beats K, I believe. I, got, think, I think I got that right. But from what I've actually come to discover from playing the beta, <clears throat> you actually can guard, you can sidestep, you can duck, and... You have a bunch more options, and they you gotta. It's up to you to figure out ultimately what beats what. The thing is, if you clash, if you guys hit the same button, the 
initiator will win the clash, which I feel like why can't it just be a clash and then be over? That's one of my issues with reverse selection. <clears throat> so, uh, in addition to that, uh, it's the fact that there's no... It seems that you can utilize reversal ledge whenever. That's another issue. Because I was playing people, because I barely used I literally used it in my first few matches just to be like, yo, let me try this out. And then I realized I really don't like the mechanic. And I fought a couple people who clearly was trying to win off reversal ledges because maybe they weren't that skilled, or I don't know, or maybe they were just trying to be annoying, or maybe they really liked the mechanic. But I fought, and thankfully it was only like two people, maybe three, who every five seconds, reversal edge, reversal edge. I've heard people say they're afraid that that's what the meta will devolve to eventually. I don't think so. And the only reason why is because when I watch, when the beta was out, not so much in these little tournaments that they be throwing for the game because people are still learning it. When the beta was out, as I got to the higher ranks and as I watch other people play in the higher ranks, they weren't really using it. It was only in the lower ranks. Like the, in the higher ranks, they weren't really using it that much. Um, kind of like me when after first few times just trying it out. Um, so I don't think that's what the meta would devolve to. I don't know if a, I don't think a lot of people like it um, at higher level soul caliber play. Um, you know, I don't know, but nonetheless. The fact that you can utilize it. So, I mean, of course, obviously, you do still take that damage. You just absorb the hit. So you do pay for it. But if you win, because there was this one person I was playing that was, I must be the best rock, paper, scissors player in the world because they were winning every clash. I mean, they were winning every reversal ledge they initiated. And I was like, God damn. Now let's talk about the follow-ups. After certain clashes or certain situations, your character will get a follow-up. If you're an Ivy player, you're in luck. Because Ivy, that little attack where she spins her whip, she gets that follow-up after damn near every exchange of reversal edge. At least that's what it looked like. Because there was this one player who kept doing that, and after every exchange, he was able to get that follow-up. And some characters just get more damage off of winning a reversal edge than others. Another thing I don't really like, uh, I don't know, man. I just, look, the, the mechanic was created for two reasons, or a few reasons, rather. One was flashiness, because it goes into this whole, like, cinematic kind of thing where you see them clash and the, all that good stuff. And the other was to give people a chance, right? Like, if you are a lower-level player and somebody's just pressuring the shit out of you, you might, if you can get a good reversal legend, you can try to shift the momentum. And I, I mean, I don't know because that is reasonable. But I have my own concept on how I think it should actually work, though, because right now there are some characters that have crazy pressure and soul caliber. I'm a Taki main. Taki has good pressure. She doesn't have the best. I think Shangwa and Talon um, take that slot, but she has damn good pressure, especially possession stance pressure. So, you know, I can understand it. But if you have good movement and a good array of, 
like knowing how to use your multitude of defensive options, then I feel like reversal edge might not be necessary to get them off you if you know where the gaps are in their pressure and you could just start pressuring back. But at the same time, it's not unreasonable. Here's my thoughts on how reversal edge should work. The same concept. You absorb a hit in order to get into a clash. If you win that clash, you get the pressure off of you. And that's it. I don't think reversal ledge should actually do damage like the actual clash itself. If you win it, it should. And if it does, it should be like very minuscule. And I think it should be used in that way. Yes, to get pressure off you. Yes, it should look cool and flashy. But basically, there shouldn't be any follow ups. Like especially because some characters just get ridiculous damage off of a follow up. You know, um, that's kind of like my thoughts on it. It should get pressure off you, but there should be no follow-ups. And it shouldn't do damage, the actual clash itself. And if it does, it should be very minuscule. And I think Reversal Edge will work better in that case, possibly. But moving on. Soul Charge. I like Soul Charge. It's a powered-up state. It stops the clock, so you can use it in that sense. Um, your characters get access to certain moves, and their properties change on their moves on that they already have. It, it's great. It looks really pretty. Everybody has it. It knocks your opponent back, but it can be punished. It's character-specific. Geralt um, of Rivia has options to punish Soul Charge, and Yoshimitsu can actually punish with a critical arc, since he kind of teleports and then hits you. He goes right up. He kind of teleports to you. Then attacks you. He can actually punish with the critical line. Because Soul Charge does have a bit of recovery. So. <clears throat> there is that factor as well. But I do like it. Um, you know I do like. The way like you get access to certain moves. Or, or the properties on certain moves. Are ridiculously blown up. Um, certain moves do chip damage. And. And or more chip damage in Soul Charge. That's a great mechanic. It costs half a bar. So it doesn't cost the full bar like your Critical Edge does. But it costs half a bar. And it can shift the momentum. And I'm finding that a lot of the players at higher level like Soul Charge. Uh, using their meter for Soul Charge. As opposed to Critical Edge. right? Because you have there has to be a reason right, to, for you to want to use meter on Soul Charge as opposed to Critical Edge. I think... Your damage potential in Soul Charge is possibly greater than with Critical Edge. And that's kind of the incentive. Your damage potential is greater. Um, and, and it's a, just a better comeback factor. So I think that's kind of the, you know, utility of it. That That's the motivation to use that as opposed to Critical Edge. So I like Soul Charge. Speaking of Critical Edges, they make their return. Okay, they look great. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because there's not much to say. Critical Edges look amazing in this game. Way better than before in 5. Um, all of them look beautiful. Nightmares, oh my god. Nightmares Critical Edge is probably the best in the game. With the horseman, oh man. You know, that whole like apocalyptic thing with the horseman, oh my god. Seek Freeze is dope as well. Of course, Takis, I think, is dope. Man, everybody's critical edge just looks amazing. 
Um, we're not at the point in the game where we're tired of seeing them yet because the game's not even out yet. About a year in, maybe we'll be tired of seeing them, but they are amazing. So there's that. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. Guard Impact, of course, is here, um, as always, but it's not tied to meter anymore. Thank God. I don't understand what that was about in So Calibur 5. I don't understand why they would ever make that decision in the first place. But Guard Impact is here. Um, you know, so certain moves have like an auto GI attached to them. That's always been a thing though. You can guard impact. Oh, by the way, let's talk about reversal edge real quick. You can actually reversal edge. You can absorb the super, the hit, the first hit of a super. The first time I did this, it was an accident. Um, I meant to press, I forgot what, but I pressed reversal edge and they did a super and I reversal it. And then we got into a reversal edge thing. And then that was an accident. But somebody actually did it to me in the beta later on down the line. They did it on purpose, clearly. Because um, it, it, it looked reactionary. Where I did my super, and or my critical ledge, and then they reversal edged it. I was like, okay, so that... And the reason I'm, gl- I'm kind of glad they did that, because that showed me... Because I didn't really know if it was a real, real thing when it first happened. Like, hmm, that's real? I'm not sure. And then when they did it to me, later on when the other person did it to me, I was like, okay, that's a real thing. That I'm not really looking forward to. But like I said, at a certain level of play, most people prefer Soul Charge over Critical Edge anyway. So I'm not too, too much worried about, you know, um, the Reversal Edge on Critical Edges. A lot of edging in this game. This is a very edgy game. Nah, not really. But they like to name things after Edge because, you know, the whole Soul Edge thing, theme. So, so yeah, there's that. I mean, let's see. I mean, what else is there to talk about? Guard breaking is a thing in this game as well. Um, you do get a free combo. Um, if A lot of people I'm seeing are doing guard break critical edge. The best damage you're going to get from a critical edge in this game, at least based on the beta, is a counter hit critical edge. That does mad damage if there if you find a gap in their string or something and you get a counter hit critical edge, it does mad damage. Guard break critical edges, um, they they scale a lot. Like I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, wait, what? Because at first I got I was worried. I was like, oh damn, guard break critical edge. And then I saw the damage. I was like, um, oh, I don't know. Um, some characters, um, I think only Shangwa, maybe. I think they she can throw you into critical edge. Once again, it scales, but still pretty good. Um, you know, the fact that that's there, uh, you get a critical edge off of a throw. Um, you know, so yeah, there's that. But guard break is there. You get the free combo um, once you get guard broken. I know a lot of people don't. They're like, oh, I don't. I don't like being punished for blocking. Yeah, I mean. It's kind of realistic, though, just because the armor, as you get attacked in this game, your armor starts to fall off. So, guard break is kind of realistic. But at the same time, here's the reason why I think they're doing it. They're doing it because they want you, now that movement is made safe again, and you have, like, reversal edge and all this, I think they want you to use, ah, reversal edge, great. They want me to use it. But that's my theory. I think they want you to use all of your defensive options instead of just blocking. So, that's probably why Guard Break made its return. Um, You know, I mean, I don't hate Guard Break, though. I mean, me personally. I'm going to be trying to utilize myself 
Uh, not reverse ledge, but I'm going to be definitely utilizing eight-way run and sidestepping to avoid uh, vertical attacks and all that good stuff. And just trying to use all of my defensive options in addition to blocking, of course. So what other mechanics are there? I think that might be it. I mean, everything else is just your standard. You have your horizontal and vertical attacks, your kicks, your guard. Um, you know, certain characters can meter burn their moves a la MK and Injustice type things. Geralt being one of them. Yoshi, um, you know, um, unblockables are still in the game. Okay. So, you know, that's still a thing that's always has been, um, yeah, I mean, so that's kind of it. I, I love the way the game feels. I'm glad that there was a beta. I played the hell out of it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So Calibre 6, still my most anticipated game of 2018. So there you have it. I mean, that pretty much rounds it up. The game feels great, plays great. I just hope we get creative with these offline modes. I don't want to play online all the time. I am going to play a shit ton of online, you know, but I don't want to do it all the time. Let's get real creative with that single player content, okay? And yeah, I mean... That that pretty much wraps it up. Um, if there's anything else that needs to be said, I'll you know that I think of, I'll say it probably on a later episode or something. All right, and with that, peace world. There should be some upcoming tournaments that will be covered here on FG Central for you guys. Look forward to them. Remember, it's at FG Central One on Twitter, FG Central One at gmail.com If you want to chat, um, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Share the podcast with everybody your friends your family your pets your plants your alien friends whoever man anybody your imaginary friends those guys are always awesome they're always there for you um you know hey the angels the clouds man just just go spread the word man greatly appreciate all of you that support and um with that peace world see you guys next time